a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification is a daily drowning of the flesh and, the, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. Uh, and that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sins, and, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. You're listening to everyone's favorite Lutheran theological game show. I'm Evan Gigline here with Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. <laughs> Good morning, Evan. Hello. We haven't done this in ages. I forgot. That's right. Uh, it's been a while. How to do this thing. Yeah, well, uh, let me uh, show you or you know talk about how this works. On Table Talk Radio, uh, we usually start off doing our buzzwords. And a buzzword is, is a theological word that uh, Pastor Wolfmuller and I throw at each other. And uh, the other person has to work it into the conversation sometime during the course of the show. And uh, the more naturally you do it, the more points you get, up to 500 available. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get back in the swing of things so we can I can start getting more Table Talk radio points. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've been uh, run out of points. Did you spend all your points over the Thanksgiving break? And yeah, gonna... yeah. I was, uh, you know, Christmas what, shopping what, whatever you do with your Table Talk radio points, that's what I was doing. Um, but then after uh, buzzwords, we're going to do some Advent Bible Bee. And then, oh, I'm especially excited for this. Uh, we're going to be joined by Cantor Arash from Concordia Theological Seminary to play Don't Forget the Stanzas to Your Hymns. And uh, Pastor Wolfman is the contestant on that, and uh, uh, Cantor Resch is our expert uh, advisor, <laughs> our Table Talk <laughs> Radio consultant. Nice. <laughs> hymn consultant. That's what we call in the consultants. That's what we need. <laughs> We're wondering how to get our audience from 10 to 15. We want to, uh, we want to, what would that be? A 50% audience growth. So we've called in the consultants. <laughs> I, I wanna, so you'll notice no mention of Jesus in this uh, show. I, by the way, I want to track the growth of our, our Facebook fan club and oh, yeah. uh, see if we're getting a 5% increase every every month. I think we have a slight decrease lately. Let's see. How, many, how do I figure? It, oh, 483 members. Can you believe that? Wow. I think that is up. I don't, I don't remember. I don't keep track. But I should keep track because if there's not a 5% increase uh, over the course of a month, we'll just fire the co-host and we'll find a new one. <laughs> You've been working on that for... If you could just find someone willing to be the co-host, you would have done <laughs> that ages ago. Oh, yeah. That's the problem. I was close. <laughs> I was close with our Australian friend, Pastor Stephen Vanderhoek. Um, but it turns out it's hard to do it. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't for the time delay um, from here to Australia, then then I would do it. But I have to get up at like three in the morning to do the show with them, and I'll just I'll just keep you, Pastor Wolfmiller. 
<laughs> for now. Until <laughs> I find someone else. Okay, let's do some theological. Are you stalling because you think I forgot the theological buzzwords? I'm on my Theopedia here with the random. Oh article. yeah, I I, I'm... I actually did th- <laughs> I think that you forgot, but I forgot about the random article. No, I'll go I first. Have to think, I completely. I don't have to think about anything now for this show. <laughs> I don't. It's not half changed? my orthodoxy. Hide behind my back. It's tied behind my. It's it's. I got all my whole orthodoxy tied behind my back <laughs> for the show. Which right. is behind me is my desk, so I'm, my 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 orthodoxy is busy writing a sermon right now <laughs> while I record the show. Well, that's that's good. At least at least there'll be some. At least your orthodoxy is focused now. Uh, okay, I'm excited for my theological buzzword because um, depending on the context, it is pronounced two different ways. Um, the first way is venite, uh, which is the Latin for o come. Uh, which is the first words of, of Psalm 95. And this is the uh, liturgical song that we sing uh, during Matins. And uh, I, by the way, am reading this out of the nice glossary from the uh, Lutheran uh, service book. They have a oh, glossary of terms yeah, there. And Venite. Now, the other way to pronounce this is in Starbucks, you want a Venti uh, coffee. <laughs> uh, that, that applies both ways. So depending... Uh, you don't get an Ocum coffee. You just uh, you get a, you get a, that's like the biggest one, isn't it? Isn't the biggest one the? I don't know. I always I always order the burn your mouth a lot. Uh. <laughs> don't, remember, don't you think that's funny? We, we, roast, need, we need. Can to I have, have a large roast a lot of Bino? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, I think we need to introduce our new email address. It's newjokes at tabletalkradio.org. Uh, giving Pastor Wolfner some new material for the show. Have I used that one before? Yes, yes. Someone. I have like three jokes. I, you know, I try to hold back. We've been doing this for three years, it's, one joke a year. It's getting to be about like, about like your sermon illustrations. Hey, hey, I yeah, got I got one for you. I got one for you. Hey, what do you call a stick that doesn't come back? Um, oh, wait, I a messed boomerang. it up. Yeah, oh, shoot, you used that one. All right, you have a buzzword for me? <laughs> All right, imminence. That's the buzzword, imminence. Uh, the imminence of God is... Uh, this is God, that God is. Um, it's this is very close to this uh, um, uh, omnipresence that God is present um, every in every place. But the imminence of God is that God is completely present in every place, so that uh, so that God is not stretched out all over the universe. Like uh, one end of Him is on this side of the universe, and the other end of Him is this side of the universe, so that He's everywhere. No, His His imminence is that He is in every place complete. So that's the eminence of God. Okay. Got it? Got it. Try to use that one. No How problem. How abstract. Scholastic. <laughs> not, that's not a problem for me. Okay, well, you tell me what we're doing next. Are we doing, <laughs> doing some Bible Bee, or are we... Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I am cruising around our Table Talk Facebook page here and uh, just seeing what's going on here. We had a few, uh, we had a few comments. Uh, we, we have a question here for us from uh, Jeff. Asking, will there be a Table Talk Radio booth and live show from the symposium in January? <laughs> I don't even... Are you coming to the symposium in January? Uh, no. No. Then the answer is no. <laughs> okay. We, we could have a table uh, set up. It's just no one will be there. Yeah. <laughs> table set up with nothing. You could, you could pile up pile a bunch of points on the table and people could come by and take all the points they want. Free Table Talk Everyone's Radio points. By. <laughs> it's just empty table. 
Oh, uh, that's pretty good. Hey, uh, Angel uh, Villanueva says he, he's uh, been advertising the show. He says, hey, I'm not easily embarrassed. Friends, listen to Table Talk Radio. I'm all for it. <laughs> that's right. We have that, that liner that says, uh, if you're not easily embarrassed, tell your friends about Table Talk Radio. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, here, Ellie says, uh, Table Talk Radio, where the points are like Pastor Wolfmuller's Australian accent. No, Thanks, no, Ellie. No. Appreciate that. Table Talk Radio points are, are even better. <laughs> ta, mate, ta. Appreciate it. Uh, and then uh, in some crunchy requests, I'm going to do it. But, hey, there's been some action on my favorite page here that my favorite quotes from Table Talk Radio, and unfortunately, Evan, these are... Uh, here, there's two. Uh, th- there's a little discussion going on about what your favorite um, qu- uh, quote is. And Darren says, uh, in, imp- in, in 1530, Emperor Charles V says, "What do you Lutheran teach, anyways? Why are you causing such a ruckus? We got to fight the Turks, and you guys are sitting there talking about justification." <laughs> what did you say there? I, I, apparently, I said that. I don't remember saying that. That's pretty good. Though. Do you get? No, I don't think you get credit for it if you don't remember saying it. Well, <laughs> that's the that's the advantage of this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this quote page is because you don't I, I don't have to remember the things I said here. Fair you, enough. You're up here somewhere. Um, <laughs> you have to you have to scroll way down to find me, but no, 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 no. <laughs> this is a result of Christians to having here. This is a quote from you. I think this is a result of Christians needing to have something worldly in the church. So, in other words, I was talking to one of my friends, and he was just really frustrated with the state of the church. And he says, "You know, it's like having to bring yourself out of the world, but you come out of worldliness and." The, and come to the church, and you have a new worldliness. So you have Christian movies to watch and Christian music to listen to. It's like I was just watching movies and listening to music when I was in the world, and what's the difference? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and here's finally this one. I also don't remember saying this, but apparently I said, I was wondering if that movie Free Willy was about the Arminians. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember you saying that one. <laughs> Oh, I did so get that's a little in. perusal of our Table Talk Facebook fan page. You can uh, join the, the hilarity there. Yeah. Uh, I even have a little link. See how terrible I am to our Facebook page? I have a little link uh, on it on the bottom of the homepage there. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, you can just I click never on would that. visit our website. I just go to our Table Talk <laughs> fan page. That's good. Nobody else does either. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, I did get an email. Uh, this is uh, from show 121. Um it says, just listen to show 121, uh, your word at the end of Bible B was rib. You were trying to think of a joke for it. Here you go. Something that will keep, will come in handy when the kids are falling asleep in confirmation class. It says, what did Adam say when he woke up and saw Eve? I've been ribbed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice. Is, well, that, is that to our new, new jokes line? Yeah, <laughs> new jokes at tabletalkradio.org. Uh, just kidding, that doesn't exist, so it'll bounce back if you send one there. Um, but we should have that, because we, need, we new, need... Apparently new jokes don't exist either. <laughs> True. Okay, well, uh, we're, after this break coming up, we're going to be A starting... break? We're already the first segment? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's it. You believe we wasted it. Time flies oh. when you're having fun. We squandered We squandered the our first segment. Uh, but we'll be playing Advent Bible Bee right after this. If you have uh, some jokes to refresh us with, you can send them to questions at tabletalkradio.org. Or if you have a theological question, you can send them to tabletalkradio.org or call us on our voicemail system, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-SOLA. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back.
In a recent survey, 98% of listeners can't stand Table Talk Radio. We would like to express our gratitude to those who did not participate in the study. Christian novelist and Lutheran seminarian T. Emmett Bramwell discussing his new book, The Gift and the Defender. The Gift and the Defender is speculative fiction. So it deals with fantasy, it has some science fiction in there, as well as real-world applications. What it is, is it's, a, it's kind of a modern-day take on the inkling capturing of faith in fiction. Because we have two parallel stories in the, in the book. The Gift is dealing with Adam Malloy, our primary protagonist. And he's, he's the one that takes the reader from this world that we're used to and we're, we know about and kind of merges them in to the uh, more fantasy science fiction world. So he's endowed with this gift, and this is how the story develops. The Defender, on the other hand, um, deals with our other protagonist, Michaelis. And he actually is a Defender, so it's a title role. And so we have The Gift, uh, which reflects Adam's storyline, and The Defender, um, dealing with Michaelis. The Gift and The Defender is available for our listeners for 25% off until Christmas on our website, tabletalkradio.org, or at tmitbramwell.com. Again, 25% off until Christmas, and the proceeds go to support Table Talk Radio. Mama brought the Bible, Daddy rung the bell. Mama set the table, Daddy rung the bell. The preacher did his best to show me the light, but Daddy was the one who kept me walking the line. Mama sang the gospel, Daddy drove it home. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. You are uh, in for a treat playing Bible B Advent Edition. Nice Advent hymn there, didn't you think? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. That's We sang that yesterday. <laughs> All right, the way Bible B works uh, is that one can ta- one person, uh, I guess we're just going one way. You have You have verses for me, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we're breaking this tradition a little bit because I think we'll just do uh, one or two verses each round instead of doing three, one, and one word. Okay, fair enough. But uh, Pastor Wolfmiller has selected uh, particular verses in the Bible, um, and uh, I, it is my task then, after he reads these, to, to try and guess, uh, determine which book of the Bible the, the verse is from. And then we also uh, try to bring a little law gospel aspect to, to it as well. Uh, Pastor Wolfmiller, how does the law, go- the law gospel part work? The law, is, well, the Lord speaks in two words, the law and gospel. The law tells us what to do and uh, slaps us down when we don't do it. And the gospel tells us what Christ has done and forgives our sins and opens up to us the sure hope of everlasting life. So that's law and gospel. So we want to, and we always want to make that distinction when we're listening to uh, to the Lord's word, when we're listening to preachers, etc., uh, when we're listening to radio game shows, mm-hmm. we want to always be saying, is that the law or is that the gospel? Correct. Okay. I'm ready for Correct. round one. Correct. All right. Now, let me just confirm. There are about 200 uh, Table Talk radio points available for each one of these. Yeah, yeah. 200, talk, 200 Table Talk radio points for each right answer. And then if you get it right, you have access to the law gospel bonus points. That's another 200 points. All right. All right. Uh, hit me. I'm ready. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. 
Hmm. Mm. Uh, okay, uh, sorry, read it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble, and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Okay. So this, I mean, here he's, he's the, the uh, writer of this text, is saying that this is a fulfillment of a, a, a prophecy. Uh, mm-hmm. So therefore, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty safe to limit it to the New Testament then. Uh, the question is, uh, which New Testament text? Um, mm-hmm. I also, I think this comes from the Gospels. I, I think, um, well, um, well, it could be from the Epistles, but I just, just from the language, I, I think it's from uh, from the Gospels. I mean, uh, Paul, go, Paul, Paul does this all the time, uh, says so this is a fulfillment of, of of the Scriptures, but I don't know that he, he really ever says um, the Prophets. So I'm going to say it's the Gospels. I might be making a mistake there, but I think it's the Gospels. So the question is, which Gospel does this come from? Um... And I am going to guess, um, well, my thinking here is that uh, I know that that the the audience of the book of Matthew has a particular um, uh, Jewish interest because he spends a lot of time tracing the genealogy uh, there, at the, there at the beginning of the gospel. And I think it's his audience that would be most interested in, in being so explicit in saying this is a fulfillment of the of the prophet. That doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be him, but I th- I'm going to go with Matthew. Correct! All right. Now, is this at the uh, triumphal entry? It is. Okay. Now, what in the world, Pastor Wolfmiller, does the triumphal entry have to do with Advent? Uh, this is, this is, this is, by the way, in, if you're using the historic one-year lectionary, this is the one text that actually comes up twice. You have the, you have it on, uh, Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry of Jesus, and then you have it on the first Sunday of the church year, the triumphal, same exact text, Matthew 21, it's right there. Uh, now, the reason why we have it on Palm Sunday is kind of obvious, but I, I think that the, the reason why we have it in, in Advent is because of this, um, uh, the, the theme that runs through the entire kind of well, all the texts of Advent, and that is that Christ is coming, and you have a threefold coming of Christ that he that he came in at Christmas time in the flesh, that he will come again in glory to judge the quick and the dead, and that he continues to come to us daily in in his word and in his sacraments. And this is the this is I really think the reason why the triumphal entry is there at the beginning of the church year because Christ, just as Christ uh, came into Jerusalem to die, so now he comes into our midst to give us the gift of his of his death, and he does it in his external word and in his sacraments. Wonderful. Yeah. So this verse, um, I found it here, Matthew uh, twenty one. Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey. Now uh, we talk about this uh, uh, often that. Um, God coming to us is both law and gospel. Um, because uh, we remember what happened when sinners are in the presence of God, especially in the Old Testament. Uh, sinners, sinners are destroyed. They're, 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 uh, they're killed. They're re- because, it, because their sin in the presence of a holy God, uh, the two cannot exist in the same place. And so um, uh, that, the presence of God in that sense is law. But in uh, in Jesus coming, taking on human flesh, coming to to take on sins upon Himself. So now that 
those who have faith in him uh, do not stand in the presence of God as sinners, but in the presence of God as saints being forgiven, being clothed with Christ's righteousness, uh, can now stand in the presence of God. So in that sense, it is gospel. And here he is, uh, I mean, in the context of, of the gospel of Matthew here, he is coming uh, to be crucified uh, and humble and mounted on a donkey. So I'm going to say uh, both law and gospel, but, ex- but especially gospel here. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Look, if Jesus was, if he was coming to us mounted on a war horse or on a camel or even, look, if I was doing a triumphal entry, you know, I would ride a, a elephant is what I would ride. <laughs> Uh, you know, like Aladdin, da, da, boo, da, 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 right, and uh, stand and dancing on the back of an elephant. But Jesus comes now on a donkey, which is just, if nothing else, it's a symbol of peace, that he comes in peace, and he comes to die. Right on, right on, in majesty, in lowly pomp, right on to die. Whew. That's some f- incredible stuff. Yeah. So, you're right. All right. 200 points for that. Um, okay. So that brings me to 400, right? Round two. You ready? Ready. One verse. This is a tough one. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through the endurance, or you could read patience, through the patience and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Hmm. This also sounds like a New Testament text. Um, you know, I wonder... I wonder how often the Old Testament refers to the scriptures. I think that's a New Testament theme. Um, so I'm going to say that's the New Testament. It sounds Pauline to me. Um, read it one more time for me. All right. May the God of comfort... Oh, wait a minute. That's the next verse. For whatever... Shh, shh, pretend like you didn't hear that. <laughs> for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through the patience and through the encouragement of the scriptures... We might have hope. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not sure. Again, I can only. Hmm. I think it's one of the Pauline epistles. Um, I'm just gonna guess Philippians, but I'm not sure. Wrong. All right. What is it? Romans. This is Romans 15:4. Uh. Beautiful text. Now, the, the the reason why this text is so important. Is this is the so this is the epistle lesson for the second Sunday in Advent, and the Anglicans went along. You know that. Uh, the, now here's a little liturgical detail. That people, so tune out now if you, yeah, if you know, don't want the kids oh, to learn about liturgical detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, so this is the epistle for the second Sunday in Advent. Now, the the, the collects for Advent, that is the prayers that are appointed from ancient, ancient times. Or the, there's all these stir up collects. Stir up your power, O Lord. Stir up our hearts, etc. Well, the Anglicans apparently didn't like that. And they changed the collect for the second Sunday of Advent and based it on this epistle. And it became what we now call the collect of the word. Uh, who has given all script, the Lord who has given all scriptures for our learning, grant that we may in such wise read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest it, that by the patience and comfort of your word we might embrace and ever hold fast the hope of eternal life which you've given us in our Savior Jesus Christ. You know that prayer? Yeah. The colic for the word? That mm-hmm. comes from this verse here. Ah, the there you go. Comfort, uh, the comfort, written for our instruction, that through the comfort and encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. See? Romans 15:4. Now, the the way this plays out theologically, this now this is kind of nice, is that our uh, our Lutheran fathers in the form of the Concord, when they talk about the doctrine of election, are gonna are gonna do two things. They're gonna say, does it teach us, and does it comfort us? Does the doctrine teach, and does it comfort? And if it doesn't teach us how to live, and it doesn't comfort us with the gospel, 
It doesn't do both of those, then it's a false doctrine. And their proof texts are Second Timothy 3.16, all scriptures are God-breathed and useful for teaching, instruction, rebuke, and training up in righteousness. And Romans 15.4, the comfort and patience of the scriptures. So the scriptures have to teach, rebuke, and comfort. And so if the doctrine doesn't do it, it's not a scriptural doctrine. That's a marvelous little thing yeah, there. How about that? Well, unfortunately, we're out of time for what? this edition of Bible B. So I always have to settle for a mere 400 points on that. Um, but don't worry, we're going to play some Don't Forget the Stanzas to Your Hymns with uh, Pastor Wolf Miller as the contestant and Cantor Richard Resch as the expert guest. Uh, that's coming up next on Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. Uh, we'll be right back right after this break uh, on Table Talk Radio. Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are getting ready to play the game. Don't forget the stanzas to your hymns. That and our bump was soothing. <laughs> and our special expert guest for this is Cantor Richard Resch. He's Associate Professor of Pastoral Ministry and Missions and Cantor at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He's also the director of the seminary's Cantor I Choir and executive producer of the DVD video Singing the Faith, Living the Lutheran Musical Heritage. Welcome, Cantor Resch. Good to be here. All right, you're here. Uh, we're going to be singing uh, an ad. Hey, wait, i got to tell Cantor Resch that I found out this summer that I'm related to Johann Sebastian Bach. You're kidding. Uh-uh, uh-uh. His grandfather was my great-great-great-great-grandfather. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. So now I can't I can't miss anymore in uh, Don't Forget the Standards. <laughs> I was going to say, now you have no excuse. That's a pretty impressive fact. <laughs> Your yeah. answer should be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're, we're here talking about an Advent hymn. In fact, I can just go ahead and announce it. It's Hark, a thrilling voice is sounding. But first, Cantor Resch, what is Advent? What's it all about? It is one of the richest times of the year, um, the church year, really. Um, it is loaded with levels of, of meaning and importance. And it is one of the two penitential seasons in the church year. And whenever there's going to be a, uh, a penitential season, you know something big is coming. Because that is how the church gets ready for the biggest things. So before the celebration of the Incarnation, we're going to have a time of repentance, getting us all ready for that celebration. And then in Lent, we're going to have six weeks of of that repentance, also getting us ready for um, his, his uh, death and resurrection that uh, we will celebrate at that point. So during this time, I think that you're, we are really, as a church, exploring all of the levels of meaning for 
coming. Advent means uh, coming, and he came as a babe in Bethlehem. He will come again on the clouds in glory, and he comes to us constantly. He feeds us. He, we are not left alone. Um, and it is um, that ongoing um, coming in, in, in the means that he has said um, will be how he comes. Um, that's, that's what we live all year long. But we, I think, expand that whole meaning of the word coming to us during these four weeks. I just love it. I think it's one of the best um, times of the year. It's one of the richest uh, sections in the hymnal. Um, the hymns are all great in there, and they they all tend to look at these different aspects of coming. Yesterday um, in Kramer Chapel, um, Dr. Just preached uh, for the Choral Vespers, and his theme was, we have a Lord who is about descending. And it was, descending is the way of our Lord. And it is, I mean, he is coming down, so far down. And that's, that's what we look at um, in, in this time. Let's see, any? No, that's good. And then uh, this, this particular hymn, uh, Hark, a Thrilling Voice is Sounding, what do we know about it, and, uh, and what's, what's the background of this hymn? Okay, we don't know who wrote it. Um, we know approximately. <laughs> um, most, most sources will say between the 5th and the 10th century. Some will really just zero in right on the 7th century. Some actually think it's earlier, and they assign it to Ambrose, but there is nothing to back that up. So in other words, we have an early Latin hymn, just an exquisite hymn, five just priceless stanzas, um, that have been with us um, since, since um, I think, about the 7th century. Um, and it has gone through several kinds of uh, oh, transitions, you might say. There was a, a very fine um, translator in England, Edward Caswall, and he was known right up there with John Mason Neal as one of the finest um, of the translators of Latin hymns. And he was working in the 19th century, and he is the translator of this hymn. And he kept it really very true to what the original um, author had. But at the same time, there was a, a famous uh, musician in England, William Monk. And he wrote a tune that was, I, I, I don't know exactly what came first, but it was all right around the same time. In 1850, we see for the first time the tune called Merton. Now, in the in the Missouri Synod, it's it's kind of interesting. It, the, the 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 team that put together TLH for some reason decided to not use that Merton tune that had been with this text all the way back to the eight, 1850s. And I don't know why, because 
Merton is an outstanding uh, hymn tune. And that is the tune that is in virtually every Christian hymnal, except for ours in TLH. And then in LW, they went to another tune that is that they got from Germany. And it is... Uh, it's a fine tune. Um, actually, I think the weakest tune of all is the TLH tune. Um, and I don't know how much that hymn was ever even used back in the TLH days because the tune was not anything outstanding. And then there was kind of a highbrow feel uh, to the tune that is in LW. I like it very much, and my contrary has recorded that particular tune. But starting in LSB, that we started to do what I think the whole church has, as has always done, is go back to what was um, an original, and we went back to Merton. So now we line up really with all of Christendom, with the tune and the text coupling. Okay, let's go ahead and listen to this first uh, this first stanza. And uh, see if Pastor Wolfner can can get the last line. Um, this is, by the oh, way, is there any question? Is there any question? <laughs> well, you're related to Bach, so uh, I don't think there is. <laughs> Bach, Bach. <laughs> uh, this is performed by the, uh, the Cantorai of uh, Concordia Theological Seminary under Cantor Resch. into the heart Well, you got Man. the last word. <laughs> yeah, I got the last. I got the rhyming word. <laughs> that's, what, that's the important part. All right, no points for Pastor Wolf Miller. Oh, uh, one point? Not even one? <laughs> okay, I feel bad now. One point. All right. Yeah, thank you. All right, Gander Rush, uh, John, what, yeah. what's uh, this first stanza talking about? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just... It's so picturesque. I mean, I love the word heart, and I love the word thrilling. Um, it, 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 is, it's just, it, takes your, it grabs your attention right at the beginning and says that something important is going to be said here. And, of course, this is by John, who was going to be um, the herald, and, and saying some pretty important things that... that uh, Casting away the works of darkness um, and becoming the children of light and the children of day is what we should be about and why it is because he is near. Now, are we talking about his second coming? Are we talking about his first coming? I I really think all the way through this hymn section, you could see it both ways. Um, This hymn, I think, quite clearly is about the second coming. But I, you can see it, you can see it, uh, in my opinion, about the other, his first coming too. 
Right, very good. We are coming up on this next commercial break, so we're going to just kind of pause this game right here and pick up with this game on the other side. Uh, you are listening to Table Talk Radio. We are playing Don't Forget the Stanzas to Your Hymn, and we are joined by Cantor Richard Resch, the Associate Professor of Pastoral Ministry and Missions and Cantor at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Is the executive and I'm tearing pro- it up. Executive producer of this oh, uh, this DVD video, the Singing the Faith, Living the Lutheran Musical Heritage. Uh, we'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. If you would like to receive uh, Table Talk Radio text message alerts, you could do that by taking your cell phone and text messaging the word Table Talk all together one word uh, to six nine three zero two. 69302, the word table talk altogether, one word. And also, uh, did you know this, Pastor Wolf Miller? You can actually send in uh, questions to Table Talk Radio uh, that On by that text? same method. Yeah, 69302, the word table talk, and then just type in your question after that, and we get your uh, dense theological question via text message <laughs> right here at the Table Talk Radio studios. Uh, don't go away. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. More with Richard Resch. And Pastor Wolf Miller's attempts at Don't Forget the Stanzas to Your Hymns. Don't go away, we'll be right back. Oh, <laughs> well, if you want to sing out, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free. Because there's a million things to be. You know? Two theologians for the price of none. Table Talk Radio will be right back. Christian novelist and Lutheran seminarian T. Emmett Bramwell talking about the Christian themes found in his new book, The Gift and the Defender. One of the major themes that I think is is particularly Lutheran, um, with the two different storylines that we have, we have Adam and Michaelis. We have an old Adam, which is a pretty blunt uh, reference there. But we also have Michaelis' character. Michaelis represents the new Christ. And we pit these two against each other, and we we see two different sides of ourself. So uh, both characters are actually a reflection of the Christian man. The Gift and the Defender by T. Emmett Bramwell is available for Table Talk Radio listeners for 25% off until Christmas. To order, just go to the homepage of tabletalkradio.org or visit temmettbramwell.com. The Gift and the Defender by T. Emmett Bramwell. All proceeds go to help support Table Talk Radio. Did you forget... I was even alive. Did you forget <laughs> everything we ever had? Did you forget? Did you forget about me? Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Don't forget the stanzas <laughs> to your hymns is the game we're playing. Joined here by Cantor Richard Resch. Uh, we are uh, playing the game with this hymn, Hark a Thrilling Voice is Sounding. And uh, Pastor Wolfman, are you ready for the now second stanza? Oh, yeah. I was born ready. I was apparently <laughs> even ready before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's the uh, second stanza to Hark a Thrilling Voice is Sounding. Start Oh, 
you got to tell me the words to the last to the lines. There. Okay, you yeah, the sure. Words? Uh, you want, want the whole stanza? Yeah, yeah. Better give me the whole okay. thing. Startled I... at the solemn warning, let the earthbound soul arise. Christ, its son, all sloth dispelling. Um. And uh, and rise to meet him in the skies. Shines upon the morning skies. Oh, I was so skies. close. I'll give well, you. You got f- the last so word again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, you got a pattern here. <laughs> <laughs> Five points for that one brings you to a total oh, of six. Oh man. Uh, all right, uh, Cantor Resch. Uh, what does this stanza give to us? Give to the church. Well, here again, I, I just I just love this word um, startled. That's. It, it, um, this is a sobering uh, message that we're hearing, and it, I mean it is solemn and it is it is it, it's startling really, and um, so this is you know we're supposed to put all sloth away and and let this Christ who is coming um, shine, um, let him shine, let him, let let it all be about him and getting ready for his second coming and to celebrate his first coming. So this this is a, a, a time of repentance is is a is a sobering solemn time. But there's a there is a quiet joy about it too, I think. And it's it's uh, talking about Christ its sun and shining upon the morning stars. There's, I mean it's it's not it's not uh, all dark. Yeah, we were talking um, before you came on about how uh, the presence of God is both law and gospel, and I think you have law and gospel in the in the stanza. I mean, you, you I mean you're startled at at the solemn warning of of, of the coming, but yet uh, what what is this coming to do, um, Christ to to dispel dispel all sin? Yes, yes, yeah, He is acting here, and and, uh, and then of course it's our our state in relation to that, to right. his acting. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's go with the, the third stanza then. Are you ready, Pastor Wolfman? Oh, oh, you can tell. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm knocking this hymn out. This is a beautiful no, hymn. This is the, the high point. This is the high point so coming don't up. don't mess it up, huh? So you've yeah. got to get it right. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sing. Uh, <laughs> no, you want, yeah, you want me to match that? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> My goodness, what okay. a voice! No, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll read this third stanza to you. <laughs> See the Lamb so long expected comes with pardon down from heaven. Let us haste with tears of sorrow. Um. Um. What would rhyme with heaven? <laughs> I should sing this hymn more often, I think. Uh, and and maybe it would help you to, uh, you know, when we say heaven, uh, usually in hymns, it's usually like a one-syllable heaven. Heaven. You know. uh, throwing out the Pharisees' leaven. <laughs> uh, let's, let's see if that's right. Oh, boy. 
one and oh, all that's, to be oh, forgiven. Oh, how beautiful! Yeah. Oh, now, uh, Cantor Rash, I I know <laughs> that uh, when when uh, choirs switch to a soloist, there's something to be said about that stanza. Uh, what what is the case with this stanza? Well, I think this is the high point of of the whole hymn, and it's the very center. Uh, out of five stanzas, it's the three. It's the it's the heart, really. And what is this all about? Um, that 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 the one who is coming um, is a lamb, and he, he is. Uh, um, <laughs> we are we are to come to him with our our our. Um, our tears of sorrow um, and and uh, repentance, um, and He is coming to be there to forgive us. And it is it is just I I highlighted that by by just giving it to a soloist and no other harmony. Um, you will see harmony and organ and everything is going to come in now as the hymn builds toward the doxological stanza. But just the quiet simplicity. Of this as the heart, with one voice seeing it, singing it, and, and and letting that forgiveness be the heart of this hymn. Um, I I I think musically that that shows the heart. Yeah, I mean that, that that's great. And so we were talking about law and gospel in the in the, in the last stanza. Well, here it is in the third uh, that we we haste with uh, we we haste with tears of sorrow. Here we have uh, the that we repent for our sins, uh, but why uh, one and all to be forgiven by this by this Lamb who who comes to pardon? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic. I wish uh, Pastor Wolfman would get these right, so it would. Uh... <laughs> well, <laughs> Cantor Rush is never going to come on our show again. He's like, oh, they, he he just sits there and ruins the hymn. <laughs> so I I take. Well, it. you went off in a totally different direction with that last this last I, one. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I take it, Pastor Wolfmuller, you True. were not on the the cantor I during your seminary days. No, no, I wasn't on the cantor. I did sing with the mixed choir for yeah, a little bit. That was Scola. a great joy. He oh, very good. Scola. Yeah, for until uh, until um, until Andrew was uh, born. When Carrie was pregnant with Andrew, then uh, that second year we had to mm-hmm. uh, drop out sure. of the school. Yeah. But understandably so. Well, here is the fourth stanza to "Hark a Thrilling Voices Sounding." Wipe away our every tear. Boom. Oh, even better. <laughs> In every case, my uh, my lyrics were far, far worse than the real ones. <laughs> well, this one at least uh, I was a little closer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, uh, oh, Cantor Rash, what does the fourth stanza have for us? Yeah, all right, um, this is describing the, the, the last day um, with, the, you know, the, the two sides, the, the side that's just wrapped in fear and, and then the side that is just eagerly uh, so so their waiting is over. You know, he has come and, and they are wrapped in his mercy and um, 
so it is it is it's the reality of the end. This is clearly the uh, second coming uh, talk here. Uh, it's coming to a conclusion here. Yes, and then let's let's uh, go to that conclusion in the fifth stanza of Hark a Thrilling Voice is Sounding. <laughs> okay, give me read read the words for me there. Honor, uh, glory, might, dominion to the Father and the Son, and the Son. with the ever living Spirit. Um. Uh, you, I'm trying to figure usually out a way it's the doxological stanza you can get, but not not in this case. I know it's not going to be so easy, is it? Um, uh, praised by angels, always one. Oh, and I didn't even close. While eternal ages while eternal ages I should have known. Yeah, see, if if nothing else, this game on Table Talk Radio should compel you to memorize your hymns. Yeah. <laughs> All right. While the previous game compels you to memorize your Bible. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's both both good things. All right, Cantor Rush, we end here with with uh, the doxological stanza. Yep, that is common for all of the Latin hymns. And in fact, that's one of the clues that's going to be an, uh, a Latin hymn. And it, <clears throat> it goes back to the whole Arian controversy when they were trying to um, always teach the, 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 um, the, the, the Trinity. And so they put it at the end of everything. So even during Lent and Holy Week, even when the, if there is a Latin hymn, you will see a doxological stanza, which is a hymn of praise to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there has to be the praise element, and there has to be the uh, the Trinity element, and that's what this is. It's uh, it is a, a wonderful culmination of this, and um, I don't think you know it. Usually doesn't happen in English hymns or the hymns of of our country or. Not even, no, usually not the German hymns either. It is just that that Latin, early Latin um, picture of hymnody that does this. Oh, Cantor Resch, this has been so fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today on Table Talk Radio. My pleasure. Cantor Richard Resch is Associate Professor of Pastoral Ministry Admissions and Cantor at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Director of the Seminary's Cantor I Choir and Executive Producer of the DVD video Singing the Faith, Living the Lutheran Musical Heritage. You have been listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Check us out on the website, tabletalkradio.org. Thank you for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like a hymn sing with Pastor Wolfmuller if you don't have hymnals. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, 
questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.